Hey guys, what's going on? It's Jeff. A quick note before the show begins. The audio from these podcasts mostly come from live video YouTube streams on my channel. They may vary in quality from show to show and reference visual content not described to you, the listener. I'm sorry about that. If you prefer video to go with this audio, head over to youtube.com backslash from us, F-R-U-M-E-S-S for the whole enchilada. Who doesn't like a whole enchilada anyway? When the sun comes down and the moon comes out, I'll turn into a teenage Guguma. Yeah, I cruise through the city and I roam the streets. Looking for something that is nice to eat. You better duck when I show up. A goo goo muck. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to tonight's show. How was everybody's Christmas? I mean, that's kind of a it's kind of a superficial question to ask because this is actually the third show of the week since Christmas. That's right. We have been recording every day. And I'm hoping that we can do that all the way through New Year's. We will see what happens but right off the bat let's not let's not mess around because we know i don't know if rumorg is here but we know that rumorg would want one thing to happen immediately and that is to do the theme song so let's just play that real quick this one's for you this one's for you rumorg merry christmas Jeff is gonna talk about the misfits right now. He's a nerd about this stuff, obsessed anyhow. Jeff never shuts his face, always needs to talk. My eyes show somewhere if he went out for a walk. Do you think Dancy cares? He doesn't care. He's not in ranch. What's going on, Grime X, aka Wes? How you doing? There's the man himself, Rue Morg. What's going on? Oh, we got Hot Tub Rob, aka B Mac, in the house. Hope you had a nice holiday as well, sir. He says, woohoo, let's do this, Jeffro. <laughs> Jeffro, haven't heard that in a long time. Yeah. So, little housekeeping. We got so much stuff cooking. A lot of stuff cooking. I mean, just pots and pots of dishes cooking in the Frumis kitchen. Who knows what's going to come next being served up? Um, but yeah, the new year is going to bring some 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 changes with it. Uh, uh, all for the good, I think. All for the good. 
refocusing efforts on on certain things and other things and yada 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 um i do want to illustrate i just got off the phone with uh, uh a friend a constituent uh today oh, okay wes is tuning in from austin texas that's very apropos for tonight's episode actually um i i got off get off got off the phone with uh friend today mysterious uh person uh in discussion uh, for plans for a very, very, very special episode of the streaming Evil Live show here on the Frumis channel. It's going to be a first for the show, for sure. Oh, whoa, we got Oni in the house, man. Haven't seen Oni in a long time, man. Oni64, that's a throwback name. Good to see you, guy. Yeah, we have a, we have a very special episode planned. Let's just say... You guys will all know who he is, who the surprise guest will be. And uh, we, we're, we're just planning a really special show. I'm really excited for the show. It's going to be fantastic. It is in February. It's going to be on a Tuesday, not a Wednesday. It's going to be on a Tuesday. Keep your eyes peeled for the show. Don't have the exact information in front of me. Actually, I kind of do. But it's going to be it's going to be in February. Like I said, let's take a look. Tell you exactly when it's going to be. Actually, it is going to be on. Bum 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 bum. When is the show going to be? Bum 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 bum. Can't read this right now. I cannot see the date. How am I supposed to promote this of late? It's going to be like sometime in early February. Let's just put it that way. So keep your eyes peeled for that. I got to keep your eyes peeled every day, right? <laughs> um, what else can I tell you about? Tomorrow night, we are going to be diving into Nightmare Alley. If you like film noir, you are going to love tomorrow night's show because we're tackling modern film noir via Guillermo del Toro. It's going to be great having my friend Nate from the Genre Blast Film Festival and possibly another guest as well. Also have reviews for The Matrix, Ghostbusters, and Spider-Man no no, Nowhere Home. Those are all up on the channel. Check those out. Beatles Get Back. Lots of reviews coming out. Keep your eyes peeled. We're going to be reading... We are going to be reading the Return of the Living Dead novelization. I don't know in what format, in what way, shape, or form that's going to be happening. But that's going to be coming up soon. So make sure you're ready and aware for that. What else can I tell you about? I'm trying to think of anything off the top of my head. Got more Patreon videos coming for the Patreons. You know about the Patreon. We are powered by riotstickers.com, as you can see right down here in the little corner right there. Oh, that never works out. Boom. Right there. Can you see it? Can you see it? Riotstickers.com. Riotstickers. We are the bomb. We'll be talking about that a little bit later in the episode as well. Um, hmm. Sounds like I'm stalling, right? Yeah, I am kind of am a little bit. <laughs> uh, what do you guys all got planned for New Year's? It's it's a very it's once again, it's a covid. It's a covid winter, right? We um, everybody I know is sick with Omicron. I wish wishing everybody who is sick with Omicron, Omicron to get better, get well, uh, stay safe, take care of yourself. Um, and yeah, 
So, so that's not been fun. We're trying to figure out what we're going to do for New Year's Eve. Well, we actually kind of know. The plan is we're going to do a bonfire. We have a fire pit in the backyard. I, I had a tree stump that I was, you know, I was pickaxing this tree stump like nonstop, just going to work on this guy, this with this tree stump, just, just taking it apart. And I'm just going to my head, like, you know, I'm getting, I'm getting uh, blisters on my fingers, like Ringo Starr at the end of the 17 minute version of Helter Skelter for the White Album sessions in the year 1968. And I'm thinking in my head, my God, like, this is just ridiculous. I, I could, you know what I should do? I should just burn this, burn this stump out. And so that was the plan. I, um, I, I had dug around the root system underneath and we just, we, we poured some gasoline uh on that on that sucker and let it burn and it turned into a fire pit and we've enjoyed many wonderful bonfires sam hain bonfires of course as well uh but there's really there's something really nice about doing uh like a like a new year's eve bonfire it's a very cleansing thing to bring bring oneself into the new year so we'll, we will be doing that dlw in the comments saying doyle has muscles inside muscles inside muscles chiseled as f after all these years anatomy at its finest it's true that's right. Bonfires burning bright. Exactly. Oni says that they plan to do bonfire, pizza, wine, movies playing in the background. Pretty much my plans. That's wonderful, man. That's the way to do it. Evening, Amy. How are you? Uh, Amy, by the way, we are planning on doing this Ghoul's Night Out uh, female-led episode. Uh, it's still kind of in the works, but you should totally join us since you're here so often we're, we're going to be taking a look at female perspectives uh, in, in terms of being fans of this sort of stuff. If you want to join us, please feel free. Just want to keep you posted about that. Um, what else can I tell you? I mean, that's that goes the same for any sort of non-male perspective on the Misfits. That's what we want, non-male uh, underlining that. So if you do not identify as male and, or if you are a woman or whatever your situation might be, whatever flavor you are and you want to be on the show, we'd love to have you It'd be really great. Truly. Um, Grimax says headed to the West Texas Ch Chihuahuan desert and celebrating new year's Eve in Tarling Tarlingua, Texas with bonfires. Of course, a lot of bonfires, a lot of bonfires, man. That's cool. Really, really cool stuff. All right. Let's just launch into this sucker. So we've done Doyle episodes before. That's nothing new. However, it's very, and we've, we, we've heard Doyle a little bit in early misfit interviews, but generally speaking, the guy who's always leading an interview pre 90, Pre-95 is going to be Glenn Danzig. He's always the main dude on, on the mic. Jerry Jerry can be heard a whole bunch in, in the recordings and the archival recordings that we have, but it's it's always it's always Glenn who is out front. You, you very seldom sometimes you'll get Googie. Occasionally Robo will utter a word, that sort of thing. But it's um it's just Jerry. It's, I mean, it's just Glenn who's always front and center. And then, you know, Jerry, and um, this is a rare, this is a rare instance where Doyle 
is actually doing conducting an interview or not. I shouldn't say con- conducting an interview. He is being interviewed. But this isn't like this isn't Doyle in the aughts when he's like, mm, no, uh, yes, I don't know. Shrug shoulder. Uh, this is Doyle. This is baby Doyle. OK, this is 18 year old baby face Doyle. You know, here's D- DLW in the uh, in the comments talking about D- uh, Doyle's chiseled Adonis body. But like this is when he was I mean, he's still a baby. He was a baby. He was so young. He was so young at that time, man. When you think about Doyle today, he's like really evolved. All the misfits are kind of like Pokemon, right? <laughs> They're like, you know, like the, there's different versions of Pokemon. You have like the, the basic Pokemon and then you have like the most advanced version of Pokemon. Like look at Jerry. Look at Jerry at the beginning of the Misfits with like his blue hair. And then like he gets spikier and spikier and his devil lock changes. It gets longer. And then he gets the red, the red sleeveless leather jacket or the sorry, with the red lapel. And then um, that sort of uh, that sort of changes. And then there's the 90s. And then like around like 2013, Jerry evolves into his final form of that like leather, that leather sort of uh, (laughs) leather sort of thing. Um, And uh, yeah, he's like Jerry's like in his final Pokemon form and Doyle, the same thing. Doyle hasn't changed much except that he's yes, he's gotten more muscular and big and like gargantuan in that kind of way. So he's also kind of evolved into his final Pokemon form. And Glenn is Glenn is Glenn evolved into his final Pokemon form, probably in like the (laughs) comparing misfits to Pokemon. Sorry. We've compared the missus to a lot of things. We've never done Pokemon before. New Year's resolution, more dancing, more books, more work than FD's My Spirit. More of this channel. Awesome, dude. More books is a good thing, too, especially Amy. I did. I saw that you joined the Patreon and thank you so much for your support. And I have been meaning to do some catch up on Patreon I, I I will be in touch. So thank you. Thank you very much. Truly, it's awesome. I really appreciate the support. Truly, it's it, it, it's radical. 30 years will change it. It sure will. Yes, Doyle is a vegan monster. Yes, Punkymon. Oh, my God. All right, who knows how to do NFTs? Let's make Misfits Poke- Punkymon NFTs. Copyright. Copyright that right now. Forget we've copyrighted that right now that is that is us Danzig fully evolved around 98 yeah yeah something like that something like that for sure um oh i love that punkymon exactly punkymon uh but my point is this is like doyle in his baby pokemon original form you know and he's doing this interview and it's uh it comes out in a in a fanzine, as we know, we've talked about zines on this podcast. We, go, we, we, we read from zines all the time. Zines are like the it's the media. It's the news media of. <laughs> yes. Misfits, NFTs, their lawyers called. They want your skull. I That, you know, I don't even think the misfits would know what an NFT is yet. You know what I mean? They need someone to tell them what an NFT is. Like, what? Who's doing what? <laughs> you know? Um, Glenn, Glenn's head hits the roof. Is it what? Who's making money off my image? You know, that kind of thing. Um, but I, I'm surprised you would imagine like Jerry and John Caffiero would have figured out how to crack that, figure out how to crack that nut, something like that. Um, 
in any case, these would be misfits inspired Pokemon. That's what we would do. That's how we would, that's how we would sort of riff it. That's how we would riff it. Um, yeah, Team Doyle is kind you know, when you listen to interviews with people, like all the people that I've interviewed for like that documentary project, they all talk about like, Doyle is this big, hulking, gargantuan guy with big, thick arms. And, blah, 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 blah. and like, then you look at pictures of him, and he does kind of look like a, he's like a boy. You know, he is. He's definitely, he's definitely strong. He's definitely muscular. But I feel like, I feel like people sort of like, wrap their minds around the Im the overall image of how they look now and like sort of forget that like if you really were to compare pictures of Doyle now versus Doyle back then there probably would be a big difference on on, on some level on some level but in any case going back to thing zines zines are the media for punk back in the day a local scene pops up texas uh, you know, o Ohio, Detroit area, uh, California, whatever you get a zine, their zines, they pop up with it. And they sort of, they're sort of documenting and reviewing and cataloging the scene as it's happening. They are fascinating, important, uh, documents, um, uh, relics really that allow us to allow us who are not around for it to sort of dive in and, and explore, uh, we're doing a, a Concord Clementine Polar Seltzer tonight. This stuff is crack, man. I love it. Mm. Oh, is that nice? Hits the back of the throat. It's really great. So, um, so this is from something called Cretan Bull, and that's documenting the, I think it's the overall Texas punk scene or punk scene, or it is the Austin punk scene i'm not sure one of the two one of the two not quite sure but this interview took place on january 29th 1983 uh at the ritz which was a venue not just a venue in new york the ritz which turned into webster hall by the way which i've been to webster hall uh quite a few times but i've never been to the original ritz um this is the austin version of the ritz and this interview took place, I guess, after the show, and it featured photos by Bill Dales. We're, we're, we're diving back in via um, Misfit Central because I could not find an original copy of the zine online. I tried. I looked into it, and I could not find it. So we're going to read from Cretan Bull. Thanks to Mark Kennedy. We tip our hat to Mark once again many times before. Thank you, Mark. Let's share a little streamy stream. Here it is. Boom, but a boom, but a boom, but a boom. The Texas punk bands were insane. That's my understanding. What is Doyle's stance on guitar solos? Johnny Ramone hated them with the passions. Everyone knows. I think I don't know, man, because I think Doyle Doyle does do guitar solos in his music now. But when he was in the Misfits, he never really did them, right? Unless it was like, uh, hmm, I don't even know. I don't even know. That's right. That's right. Goat Boy Pockets, Seltzer Water Gang, Goat Boy Pockets. Great. It's great YouTube screen name handle. By the way, if this is your first time joining us. Please make sure you're subscribed to the channel. Leave a like on this video or leave a comment down below. Super duper important that you do those things, people. This is from Cretan Bull, February 1983. Where, where's the band at this time? The band has jettison googie googie is not in the band anymore for whatever reason whether it's the they fired googie or googie walked away whatever 
And now they have Robo. Robo has entered the band in 82, late 82. He he was in Black Flag and he got stuck over in England. The band goes over to England. They get stuck over in England. They get Chuck. They recruit Chuck Biscuits. Robo comes back. He moves in with Glenn. He joins the band. They record Earth AD, as we've talked about many times in the past. And this is them uh, tripping, road tripping through Texas. The Misfits at the Ritz. And I believe this interview has is conducted by a guy named Jake 2000. That's important. We want to we want to make sure we we credit the author. The Misfits at the Ritz. Like a tidal wave of white noise, the Misfits overwhelmed the throngs of anti-punk humanity Saturday night, January 29th at the Ritz. Anti-punk humanity. What does that mean? The evening started out with the Droogs doing an, an unusually hot set because normally they do a very cold set, right? Um, they left the stage, however, on a seemingly angry note. The offenders took over next with JJ in prime form. His uncontrollable animalism and maniacal mongoose and <laughs> what a... I love this writer. I love Jake 2000's writing. Maniacal Mongoose Energy. That is the best name for a band ever. Maniacal Mongoose Energy. Love that. I have to find a way to fold that into conversation, like casually, though. Like if I'm at like a party, I'm never at parties. But if I was at a party and I was just talking, I'd be like, I'd be like, yeah. So, you know, um, my toddler daughter, she ran into the street and I ran out after her with my maniacal mongoose energy and caught up to her. Or it's like, oh, yeah, I was painting the side of my house because the paint is old and I was just, you know, brushing that paintbrush with my maniacal mongoose energy. I, I just feel like you could just subtly say it and it would just be hilarious and nobody <laughs> and nobody would ever uh Nobody would ever be none the wiser. Nobody would ever be none the wiser. All right. Anyway, let's get back to this. Um, less big boys did their big boy stuff next, but this time the hall was packed literally to the rafters. So the crowd got really jumpy when the brass section made their first appearance in months. I didn't know that. So they have a brass section. Is that like literal? Is that sort of like, a, uh, I don't know. I don't know what that means. And then after all that, the affirmation misfits came on. So even back then in, in 1983, unless this writer is just trying to be, you know, funky, let's look up what the word affirmation means. Cause we say it all the time, but what does it actually mean? Affirmate. Oh, I lost it. Let's look it up again. Let's look it up again. It means denoting a thing or person previously mentioned. The songs from the affirmation album. Denoting a So, okay. So the writer is not using the word affirmation correctly, which is what I suspected. But because I didn't want to make an assumption that I knew the exact textbook definition off the top of my head, I wanted to look it up first. So the, the author is not using the word affirmation right in the context of the misfits. He's basically saying the previously mentioned misfits. After all that, he's trying to use the he's trying to use it as an adjective to like, you know, for something like great, you know, like some sort of great adjective. But instead, he's saying 
he's saying nothing more than previously mentioned. It's like when someone, you know what it's like? It's kind of like when someone uses the word prolific wrong. It's a very easy thing to do. And it's something I was guilty of when I was younger. Prolific simply means a great amount of output. That's it. That's all it means. Paul McCartney, he's prolific. He's great and he's prolific because he's put out a ton of that. You could theoretically say that the misfits were very prolific in the seven years that they existed because they put out a lot of material. Doesn't matter whether the material is good or bad. We know it's good, obviously, but because they put out 54 songs in seven years, studio recorded songs in seven years, that's prolific. Um, So some people think of prolific as like epic. It's not epic is not the right way to describe prolific. And I feel like this guy is doing the same thing with affirmation. The affirmation misfits came on and took over robo X X black flagger pounded away with (laughs) robo X black. (laughs) I can't talk robo X black flagger pounded away with Roman center. I'm sorry, this is so funny. Is it like pathetic that like I takes I derive so much humor and laughter and happiness from reading old interviews from a band on the internet to random people I don't know on the internet? It's really funny. It's really, really funny. Uh, <laughs> ready? So forget about the mo- maniacal mongoose energy for a second because he says that Robo, the ex- Black flagger pounded away with Roman centurion peacock pride. <laughs> pounded away with Roman centurion peacock pride. Yo, bro, Roman centurion peacock pride. Let's use that one in a sentence now. Ready? I was, I walked into that 7 Eleven and I got myself a Slurpee and I paid with a $5 bill using my Roman centurion peacock pride. No, that's not good. Um, I walked into the bar and I saw a beautiful woman sitting by herself having a drink and I slid right up to her and gazed into her eyes with my Roman centurion peacock pride. (laughs) Um, That's hilarious. That is really, really hilarious. I love that. I love that so much. Pounded away with Roman centurion peacock pride. The only brothers, Doyle and Jerry. So he thinks, so the interviewer, and I mean, this makes sense. You can't fault the interviewer for this. The interviewer thinks that that the last name of Doyle and Jerry is only, and that Doyle goes by the name Doyle only. Okay, that's going to come up in a little in a little bit. The only brothers, Doyle and Jerry, which is a cool name, actually, the only brothers. Uh, Thunder Doyle only and Jerry only kind of works, man. Could have called himself Doyle only thundered away at their guitars, churning out the horror rock stuff that they're so proud of. I love this writer, even though he uses the word affirmation wrong. And I'm really not trying to break his balls for it. Like it's just, you know, it's whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, But I just love the way he writes at first, the terrible rhythms and anti melodies. He loves using that word anti anti-humanity anti-melodies were totally indiscernible from one perpetual blast of droning thunder which is a wonderful way to describe a live misfit show right like that's what it's all about you you, um you you hear them start playing and you're not even sure what song is playing i've heard that many times from people in my interviews talk like that do do that kind of thing 
Um, so yeah, there's that. Uh, but later, as the ear became used to the onslaught of musical TNT, I love this writing. Let's take that again. It's so great. At first, the terrible rhythms and anti-melodies were totally indiscernible from one perpetual blast of droning thunder. But later, as the ear became used to the onslaught of musical TNT, everything fell into place, making for an excellent show, which is true. As you're listening to the songs and, you know, they're destroying your eardrums and then you kind of start to make sense of what song is being played. But like for that first little bit, you're not sure if you've ever scrubbed audio on any live misfit show for, you know, whatever you're looking at, you would, you would absolutely see that Uh, you you'd absolutely relate to what he's saying. The misfits performed an extra long set with enough energy for seven bands. That's a cool sentence, man. It was the, the extra long, uh, sorry, an extra long set with X with enough energy for seven bands. It was the first time we've seen the Ritz in operation for a while. I hope we get to see more of it soon. I hope we get to see the misfits soon too. Talk to the bassist Doyle only after the show. Check it out. So he thinks Doyle is the bassist and he calls him Doyle only. That's classic, man. I so maybe he thinks it's the bassist because the last name is only he knows only is the last the bassist has the last name only. I don't know. Who knows? Let's go to the comments before we dive into the interview here because I see a lot of comments have come. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's go back up. Let's go back up. Misfit Central is insane. I hope the FBI has backups of that page. It must be protected at all costs. Great work. It's been up and running for over 25 years, right? Yes, it's been up and running for a long time. I believe Ramey, Ramey Stein is the current arbiter of Misfit Central. He keeps it safe. And the, you don't need backups because it's on the Wayback Machine. So it's there's always a copy of Misfit Central. Although I believe our our beloved our, our beloved forum board was wiped forever, so all of those terrible things that were written over the years have been wiped clean from the internet, at least for now. Um. Oni64 says, I remember visiting Misfit Central in the mid-2000s when I was in high school. Still looks the same, and I like it. By the way, if you like, if you if you did visit Misfit Central, look on my page, look on my YouTube channel for a video. It's like a troll fight from Misfit Central, and it was a video. It was sort of like a remake or like a, re, re, uh, a restoration of a video that I did in 2009, and you'll see a very, very young, skinny Jeff that hasn't gotten super old and like pudgy and out of shape. Um, I think I'm 24 years old there. And my friend and I, we did this like sketch that's taken from a real conversation that was had on Misfit Central. We sort of reenacted it like these two, these two, it was a, it's a 25 year old guy and a 15 year old kid having an argument about Jerry only it and Diane D. Piazza and who was the original the original. And I'll tell you something, uh, 25 points to the person who figures out who the 25 year old is. Um, he, he is somebody that, uh, he, he's somewhat, he, he's a colorful character. Let's put it that way. Uh, I, I was surprised nobody, nobody picked up on that. If you watch the out outtakes afterwards, he kind of gives himself away. 
who he is. Um, but yeah, that was a hilarious conversation. It was so funny when I was reading it on Mr. Central that I actually was like, I want to make a sketch out of this. And that's exactly what I did just for my own amusement. And then it sort of rotted away for many, many years. I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to put it back up on the channel. So that's what is on the channel with a lengthy introduction to what it is from me. So check that out. Maniacal mongoose energy drink. Make it happen now. I, okay, I will get on it. Maniacal mongoose energy, giving you loads of energy <sighs> with 15 grams of protein. The offenders were great, played with them several times. Drummer Patrick Doyle's the only surviving member. RIP, fellas. Um, Grime, what was the name of your band? And when were you guys active? And what were you were you on? You were in the, I guess you were in the Texas punk scene or something? Explain yourself, please. Want to know more? Thank you for sharing too. Uh, the guitar solos from We Are 138 and Some Kind of Hate. Yeah, those are literally the only ones. And kind of a little, you can almost kind in, I turned into a Martian. There's like a little sort of middle eight solo thingy kind of going, going on there. But yeah, four seconds and six seconds, respectively, kind of crazy. Hey, who need, who needs guitar solos when you got a voice like Glenn Danzig's, right? What's going on, droid? Droid's here. Big boys used horns in Hollywood swinging. Okay, there you go. That's the explanation. Walter White from New Zealand is in. How you doing, Walter? Hope you are well. Thanks for joining us. Um, affirmation, I know. It's pretty funny. No, he mentioned the misfits previously in the article. Oh, did he? So then I'm being I'm being the the, the giant jerk off here. Where did he did he? I don't think so. I no, he did, he most certainly did not. Except that the, the title of the article is Misfits at the Ritz. But apart from that, he does not mention the Misfits until he says affirmation Misfits. So I guess you're right. If if you include the title, then he did mention mention the Misfits in, in when he says previously mentioned Misfits. What's up, Bob Powell? Welcome to the show. Robbie Bloodshed in the house. Are they considered the only brothers presently or the Von Frankenstein bros? I don't know, man. I don't know. It could go either way. Doyle only sounds like a character from an old West movie. Yeah, I buy it. I buy it. Also, affirmation is different from an affirmation. Oh, yeah. An, an affirmation is like um, an affirmation is like a, it's like a compliment. Right. And then affirmation, which is the, the second one, the, the the latter that you have in this sentence is the one that they used. And that's the one that means previously referenced or whatever. Doyle only in Jerry Wolfgang von Frankenstein in an alternate universe. That is what happened. Oh, my dad is calling me. Hold on one second. <clears throat> Let's see. What's he what's he upset about? Hey, dad. I All right. Listen, I'm I'm live. I'm live on the Internet right now. I'm actually in the middle of a show. So as soon as I'm done with that, I will uh, I will help you with your acorn account. OK, bye. <laughs> my parents love british tv they love it <clears throat> uh i we we all share the same roku account and it's under my name and they wanted they have acorn tv under my account so i'm trying they they don't know how to get in gotta help them with that to you guys totally need to know that information too right um i just thought my dad was gonna be mad and be like, what's going on <laughs> Thought it'd be funny. Um, 
Uh, I'm saying he typed affirmation, but meant affirmation. No, he typed the second. This is really a boring conversation, but yeah, no, he did not. He he used the correct spelling of affirmation, um, not to not to pick at this stuff semantically, but but that is that is the place. Raphael says, I have a feeling that deep in the web, there's lots of rare, never before, uh, never seen before misfit stuff. Like, what do you mean? Explain. I, I would love to fi find it for us so we can pour over it. Love that. Ramey. Haven't seen him in forever. The last time you saw Ramey, I think was on my show, right? When was the last time you saw him before that? He just, Ramey just became a cop, by the way. Congratulations to Ramey. Ramey Stein. He's been very busy. Maybe this guy is actually interviewing Jerry and thinks it's Doyle. Yeah, that's probably what it is or something like that. But he uses the name Doyle, which is funny. It's just clumsy is what it is. But he's a great writer. So uh, Misfit Central was the spot in the 90s and in the aughts, man. The Misfit Central reenactment was fucking amazing. I'm glad you think so. Oh, I just used the F word. First line, he mentions them. Yes, he does. He does. At the like a type. Like a, oh crap! You're right. Okay, after <laughs> fatal crash is correct. I am incorrect. It's not just in the title. I missed it. Like a tidal wave of noise, the misfits. So that's why he's saying affirmation. I am wrong, and you are right, sir. I tip my hat. Thank you. Thank you very much, Papa Fromis. Whoa, what a name, Papa Fromis. Jody Ramon. What's going on? <laughs> I really should have the, I really should have my dad on a show you guys would laugh so hard it's my dad is hilarious my dad you know what my dad is kind of like my dad is kind of like um imagine he's like the neurotic Jewish version of Rip Torn uh from remember Freddie got fingered the Tom Tom Green movie from the year 2000. My dad is like Tom Green's dad in that movie, Rip Torn, combined with Homer Simpson via neurotic New York Jew. So my dad's kind of like a bag of fucking <laughs> At least that's my impression. He's so funny. My dad is hilarious. My dad is hilarious. I'm trying to think of a funny dad story. Um, can your next beef episode be you and your father talking about the Beatles versus Zeppelin? Did I tell you, wait, Robbie, did I tell you what happened with, with my, with my dad in the basement with, with the Beatles and Led Zeppelin? If Robbie confirms that I've told him this story, I will tell you all a really funny, embarrassing story about what happened with me and my dad. Cause I will totally tell you this story and it's friggin' hilarious. Um, Bob and hot tub Rob in the house. Yeah, baby. We got Bob in the house and hot tub Rob in the house. That's awesome. D these dudes are best friends. They went to go see Danzig in Vegas together. Danzig singing El no, not in Vegas. And I always confuse Elvis Vegas, Elvis Vegas. I played. Okay. So Grimax is telling us that he played guitar for an Austin punk and roll band. The, the bulimics for over 20 years. Oh, cool. The offenders reformed a few times in the late nineties and early two thousands for show. And you are West Texas. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's really cool, man. I will. I will, that name sounds kind of familiar. I will definitely look into it. I'll definitely check it out. Uh, beef episode idea. Favorite meat cuts of every musician in Danzig book fest and present. Boy, David David has some weird ideas. I thought I had weird ideas, but DLW. Um, 
such a silly arm argument not try no i don't think fatal i don't think you were trying to be a jerk at all and i love that we had this uh back and forth over semantic nonsense it was semantic nonsense and you are correct that not do do not think you're trying to be a jerk at all and glad to have you here yeah okay i did tell i did tell robbie the story so here's what i'm gonna do um we're gonna go to our sponsor and then when we get back from our sponsor, I'm going to tell you a very embarrassing, funny story about me and my dad. And then we will we will launch into the interview. OK. Um, the photo, the photographer at the Ritz show was Bill Daniel. If you Google his name, the Misfits and the Ritz, you can find pics of the show. And you know what? I'm such a fool. I should have just done that in the first place because I ended up using a picture from Santa Monica Civic Center in 83, but it was from a different show. Um, so I'm the fool. You're on junk records. The 45s are out there. That's awesome. 45s are great. They're very sticky. 45s can be incredibly sticky. Did you know that? Do you know what else is sticky? You know what else sticks to stuff? Stickers. Are you in need of stickers? You can get your stickers at riotstickers.com. The Fromis channel is actually powered by Riot Stickers. And as you can see right over here, uh, that's riotstickers.com. That's who powers this channel. And if we're, we're running a special promotion with Sharpie Riot and his company, riotstickers.com. Uh, if you have a band, if you have some sort of artistic project that needs stickers for, for sticker promotion, well, we have a nice deal that's running. Take a look at the the scrolling tape down below for $29.50, which is 50% off of $59. Normally, this is $59. You can get 50 three by three inch stickers, vinyl stickers at riotstickers.com. It's 50% off. Use the promo code from us. So normally it's $59, but you're going to get it for $29.50. If you use the promo code from us, you can find the link down in the description of this video. Check it out, riotstickers.com. A lot of us have used Riot Stickers in the past. You, you cannot beat the 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 wonderful, personable uh, DIY ethic of Riot Stickers. They are independent entrepreneurs uh, putting out uh, a wonderful service for all sorts of independent bands. Let's play the video. So, all right. So here's the story. Um, and Robbie, I don't remember. I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember the particulars of how it began. I don't remember how it began. I just remember what eventually occurred. So here's the story. Uh, when I used to live in my parents' house with my wife and my two children, 
and my grandmother and my mom. So it was my mom, my dad, my grandmother, my wife, my son, and my daughter all in the same house. And we lived there um, before we moved into this house that we're in now. This is my house that I own. And um, I used to have an office down in the basement. There's in the basement, there was an, it's like an office space kind of. My, my dad used to work out of the basement uh, when, when he, before he retired. And so he has his desk over to one side and I put my desk on the other side. We, we shared an office space and that's where I conducted all, all my business and all, all sorts of jazz, you know, whatever, a lot of video editing I was doing and, and projects and things and freelancing and, and yada, yada, yada. And our desks were in this sort of position where my desk is facing uh, one direction. His desk would face the other direction. Right. So we're kind of, um, we're kind of our faces could sort of we, we can sort of see each other across the way. And I don't remember. OK, so maybe Robbie remembers how I told him the story. I'm trying to remember how it started. But basically, I think I was playing music. Oh, you know what it was? I think maybe what it was is he had the TV on. I either a wanted to listen to music or I didn't want to listen to what the ever the hell he was listening to. He likes to listen to news and stuff down in the basement, which is where he probably just called me from just now. That that very same basement. In any case. I started listening to uh, one of my favorite albums, Blood Visions by Jay Hartard. If you know who I'm talking about, listen to Blood Visions. And my father, he turns to me and he goes, you better turn that off because if you don't turn it off, he, he starts making the TV louder, I think maybe. And I and then turned, I think I turned my album louder and then <clears throat> to, to, to sort of try and beat me at my own game, you know, he turns off the TV or mutes the TV and he turns on Led Zeppelin. And so he starts playing Led Zeppelin. My, my dad is my dad is in his 60s. He's like, what? I don't know. I'm I'm probably I'm 33 at the time. And my that would make my dad 66, maybe. So my dad is 66. I'm 33. And we're we're basically taking turns cranking up our speakers to see who can drown out the other person. And I'm blasting blood visions as loud as I can. And he is blasting Led Zeppelin as loud as he can. And I'm not sure. I think maybe my mom or my wife came down. So it's like, what the fuck are you guys doing? And like, we're just, it was just like, uh, <laughs> it was a, it was a, a feat of strength. It was an endurance trial to see who could outlast and outdrown the other person. And I don't even, rem I don't remember who, who acquiesced either. Uh, but that is the story that Robbie is actually referring to. So I wasn't listening to the Beatles. I was listening to the, uh, that, that guy, Jay and his album blood visions. So that's, that is the story. Yes. Yes. Droid blood visions. One of my all time favorite records. One of my all time favorite records, top to bottom it is 29 minutes of perfection and my dad did not like listening to it. So there you go. <laughs> All right, let's launch into this thing. Um, it's Oh my God here. I thought this was going to be an hour long episode and we've, we've somehow managed to take up 46 minutes before even reading the interview. It's not a long interview though. So that, that helps. Let's, let's dive in here, people. Okay, so Bull is how Jay Dan Jay two it was a Daniel two thousand no it's uh, Jake two thousand is calling himself Bull and Doyle only is Doyle. Talk to bassist Doyle only after the show. Check it out, Bull. 
How do you like playing in places like Texas? Doyle says tonight was great. And I mean, like, it's a lot of one note answers from Doyle. Bull says, I hear that you met in a gymnasium. Is that true? Well, uh, wait, what? He says, Bull says, how do you like playing in the places in places like Texas? Doyle says tonight was great. Bull says, I hear that. Y'all met in a gym. Is that in a gymnasium? Is that true? I guess he's talking about the misfits met in a gymnasium. And Doyle's like confused. He's like, well, uh, and then Bull says, we want to know how much you can bench press. Do you bench? Doyle says, no. And then Bull says, I thought for sure, dot, dot, dot. And Doyle says, no. The last time we went on tour, the police down in New Orleans stole all our weights. We had weights in our truck. They stole that and our cameras. Ouch. So in the aftermath of the grave robbing incident, Doyle tells us that the police down in New Orleans stole all the weights and uh, their cameras. That's terrible. So they lost all their photos, man. That stinks. Bull, tell us what happened in the cemetery in New Orleans. Are you planning to go to the graveyard here? Doyle says, no, we're not doing that anymore. General laughter. It cost us 300 bucks. So bail cost them $300. We made 300 bucks playing in New Orleans and we had to give that, uh, give it to the cops. We got good publicity out of it, but F that, you know, so the publicity he's referring to is the, is the, is the, the, there's a, there's a newspaper clipping. We've, we've seen it. We've all seen that newspaper clipping. Maybe we'll read it on the, on the channel at some point. Um, But yeah. Oh, I just got a great idea. More on that later. Um, Bull says, how did you run in with Robo? Uh, Doyle says, well, we were just in the market for a drummer. We were on tour two years ago and our other drummer, Googie, he said that we was going to split the band. He didn't get along with Glenn so well. They didn't hit it off. So he said that after this tour, he was going to leave. We just put out an APB for somebody and Robo called and said, hey, it's Robo. I mean, it's so surreal to hear from Doyle at this age talking. Like, I don't know. You just don't imagine Doyle like being able to talk because you just never hear from him. You know, it's just, like weird to hear that, like his thought thoughts coming out. I don't know. Um, wow. I've never read this before. So I, this is, this is fresh. I'm reading this as you guys are hearing it. So that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Grim, Grim says Mike from I hate God was one of the locals that took them to the cemetery. I know this. And I was supposed to interview Mike from I hate God at St. Vitus about God, it was 2018. Maybe he was doing a tour with the Cro-Mags and man, we were, we were texting back and forth and it just never friggin' happened. Really, really upsetting. But, um, you know, there is a way to sort of maybe make that happen. But more on that later. I'm just realizing now as I'm thinking here. Uh, <laughs> I do I do too much thinking out loud, I should say. So, so that's interesting, though. He says, we were on a tour. He says, uh, Googie, he said that we was going to split the band. I don't know what that means but he didn't get along with Glenn so well. They didn't hit it off. So he said after this tour, he was going to leave. We just put out an APB. Robo called and said, hey, it's Robo. Bull asks, uh, when did y'all meet the big boys? 
I should read this with a southern drawl, right? When y'all meet the big boys, Doyle says, the first time I met them was when we played the island last time in Houston. Houston. Bull says, y'all seem to hit it off pretty well. Doyle says, oh, yeah, they're all great. Pretty much everybody that. You know how it is in the scene. Uh, Black flag, everybody. We're friends with everybody. Except the dead Kennedys. We hate them. I wonder why. Let's see. Oh, thank goodness. Bull asks, why is that? And Doyle says, they're a bunch of a-holes. Jello's a jerk. And we're going to find out why that is specifically right now. Bull, uh, what do you say to people who you're imitating? Uh, what do you say to people who say you're imitating Kiss and stuff like that? Oh, how is he going to answer this one? Doyle says, well, that just shows the state of their knowledge of music. Um, you know, and Doyle, we, we were talking last night about how Doyle is a Kiss fan and whatnot. But at 18, he didn't like being compared, being compared in that kind of way, right? Oh, what's up? We got runners dial zero in the house. He says, Jello jerk. Big boys from Texas. Ha ha. Um, okay, so how did you uh how do you find slash? So that's weird. So is, oh, he's asking, how do you find slash? Like, how do you like what do you like them? What do you think of slash? Doyle says Slash does nothing. Remember, Slash is a record label that puts out Walk Among Us, right? They're a useless record company. Anybody who deals with Slash is out of their effing mind. We came to them with a tape, the album cover. We gave them the whole thing in a package deal. We just brought it right down, put it on their desk, and all they had to do was have it made. They didn't they didn't have to do effing nothing. And, you know, they come up and tell us, hey, you guys owe us money. We owe you money? What the F are you talking about? We almost tore up their office on them and stuff. So that's interesting. So sometime after Walk Among Us comes out, whether they're in the Slash office, I did not know this. This is very interesting. How do you find Slash, meaning Slash the record label? Slash does nothing. They're a useless record company. Anyone who deals with Slash is out of their mind. We came to them the tape. That's true. So they had already had a version of Walk Among Us ready to go. The Plan 9 version of Walk Among Us, which has a different track listing, different versions of recordings, a version of Devil's Whorehouse that's different from any other version of that song, um, has American Nightmare on it, which, by the way, I think the thing I agree. Someone said this once. The thing that makes American, uh, the thing that makes, um, the thing that makes Walk Among Us like uh, not a perfect album is the fact that it's lacking American Nightmare instead of Mommy Can I Go Out and Kill Tonight live version. Like we don't need that live version. Give us American Nightmare instead, and I think that it's just it's flawless. You know what I'm saying? Jello is a jerk. Sounds like a Ramones title. That's right. Oh, like all right, we got to write it right now. Jello is a jerk and he knows the work. Jello, that, that's not, that doesn't sound like Ramones. That sounds like doo up. How would, how would the Ramones sing it? Hey, oh, let's go. Jello is a jerk now. Jello is a jerk. I can't do a good Joy Ramone at this moment. Jello is a jerk and Jello is a jerk when he goes to work. I go, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. But it would be like Jello is a jerk. Jello is a jerk. Jello is a jerk that goes to work. He works down as a store clerk. Jello is a jerk. Jello is a jerk. 
Jello is a jerk that likes to work. He goes down to the store. He's like, I don't know. We could think of lyrics. Let's write some lyrics for Jello is a jerk. Someone get on that immediately. I'm, I don't have it in me tonight. I don't have it in me tonight. I'm sorry. Tried my best. I tried my best. The little, the, the, the dancing maiden. Hello. Um, Jello is as awesome as a fart in an elevator. My name is Jello Briafra. Let's go down to the opera. Have to love it when you ask and get a real answer. Jello is a jerk. Judy is a punk. Jello is a jerk. He goes to work. He works down as a stupid clerk. He picks his boogers and he eats his nose. No, he picks his nose. He picks his nose and he eats his boogers. I don't know. We're going to have to write it. <laughs> Who the hell's idea was closing the album with brain eaters instead of American Nightmare, right? It's so true, man. Jell Jello Kami took my mommy away. <laughs> he took it away. Jello is a neat guy. No, Jello is a I'm going to make a song out of that. Jello is a jerk. Jello is a jerk. Jello is a jerk. He goes to work. We'll figure it out. Let's not waste any more time. We, we will figure it out. This is fascinating, though. This is fascinating. So, you know, they had, like I said, they had a they had a, a finished version of, of Plan Nine Walk Among Us, ready to go. They and then they get a deal from Slash. Slash is uh, they're there's they 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 get put on the Ruby imprint on from Slash. Right? You have Slash Magazine. You have Slash Records. Christy from the Flesh Eaters helps Glenn to remix the album because they don't like the mix. They change up the, the track listing. They put different versions of the songs on and Walk Among Us comes out and they have, you know, the Misfits have really done all the work. All Slash does is put it out. What does that mean? They press it up. And yet they're going to the Misfits saying you owe us money when they, you know, they they have sold that very quickly as of today, like as of now, we, we talked about this previously. The previous episode it's a shame like just to sift through all the episodes and find the parts where we talk about all this stuff and then consolidate it into its own episode that's what we really should do um but they uh they make so much money on walk among us they have it's their best selling record of all the records on that roster the the one that has sold the most is walk amongst and the misfits still don't own it to this day Caroline's not in possession of it, and the Misfits don't own it. That's why it's not on the box set at all. Uh, I agree. The alternative Walk Among Us album is really good. It's really sort of captures your imagination. And I, yes, I know that they did put out a vinyl of it. They they did. They they did indeed. That the version of Twenty Eyes on it is superior. It's been a while since I've listened. It's been a while since I've listened to both versions, so I can't I can't comment on that. Mordecai Gray, what's up? Welcome to the show. I missed my poster, Subway Walk Among Us. That's cool. All right, let's get back to this. So that's interesting. So they were in the office and they they claimed that they almost tore up the office and, you know, trash, trash the office and whatnot. And, you know, they come up and tell us, hey, you guys owe us money. We owe you money. What the F are you talking about? We almost tore up their office on them and stuff. Bull asks, I noticed you got some bad press in California for a little mishap or something. Care to comment? Notice the skillful manner in which Jake 2000 avoided actually naming any of the unpleasant details. And we all know what that situation is. 
he's asking Doyle to say, I don't think I've ever seen Doyle answer a question about this incident. This is the only time that it's ever been answered. This is Doyle uh, commenting on bashing a kid over the head with a guitar in San Francisco, which is why he was saying that Jello was a jerk earlier. And we were trying to write the song. Jello is a jerk. Jello is a jerk, you know, um, but this is 18 year old Doyle talking about what he did when he was 17 years old or 16 years old, 16 or 17 years old. Um, and, you know, that 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 story has evolved into a myth. Uh, I mean, it's like there's a, it's like a mythology. It's like a legend. It's like a legend now. Right. Like the the. Um, you know, it, it was grisly and crazy. And yes, Jello Biafra was there. And but there was a mob that went after the misfits and, you know, beer cans are being thrown at the band. The band uh, heckles the, the crowd. Uh, it goes back and forth. Fights break out. And it, it basically crescendos in Doyle either banging or corralling, depending on who you talk to, uh, a, a kid, a 14 year old kid, supposedly over the head cracking him in the skull blood everywhere everybody goes quiet um people have told me that doyle was very upset after it happened uh specifically that at, right after it happened like when they're like up in the dressing room um doyle says well we don't take ish like a lot of people take ish wow bull asks what happened doyle says we were up there busting our butts for the crowd, you know, and they start target practice with beer cans, people throwing full cans of beer at you. Eventually it came to a point where he said, where we said, yeah, F you. And we handled it. I mean, that that's a, an approximation of what happened for sure. And, and so, and then I, all of a sudden bill note, the tape ran out strategically, but Doyle apologized for what happened. So what he's saying is Doyle felt sorry about, I guess, what happened in San Francisco. Like he felt bad about it. And again, his reaction after that show, again, from what I was told, what I was told. And I can't, that was, I was told by a firsthand source, but I can't say that I know because I wasn't there. And, you know, I just want to put that out there. I'm not saying that this is fact. Allegedly, Doyle was incredibly upset incredibly incredibly upset of what happened it was it was a a violent situation and uh you know just kind of like a a culmination a culmination of a lot of things just sort of exploding right you know beer cans heckling people going crazy fights fights breaking out and kid gets hit in the head with a guitar and there are all sorts of we've talked about them some more of the mythology the kid he survived but like you know, uh, some people say, oh, the kid never walked again. Oh, the kid, like all these different, like sort of like rumors pop up. But like one of them is that like the kid pulled a giant splinter out of his head of wood from the guitar, like uh, three years later, like out of his, out of his, it was just like had, he just realized something was like itching him and he like pulled it out or something, which is r absolutely ridiculous and not true, I'm sure. But just, you know, again, this is where the mythology comes from. Oh, did you hear that band? They were grave robbers. Oh, did you hear that band? Their guitarist killed a kid with a guitar. You know, like, I mean, just larger than life stuff. Larger than life stuff. We're not done, though. We're not done. There's a little bit more. There's a little bit more to this here. Uh, there seems to be another review of the show by someone named The Sister. Let's just go to the comments real quick before 
we read that. Mordecai says, I hope everyone's doing well. We we hope you're doing well. What's up? We got Paul Seacrest. Haven't seen this dude in a long time. Hey, daddy-o, Jello. Hey, daddy-o, Jello don't want to go to the first. <laughs> oh, shit. Do we have it? Hey, daddy-o, don't want to go. To the Frisco Miss Macho. Do, 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 Hey, daddy-o, oh, oh, don't want to go. To the first, to the first, what's makes a show. Okay, this is really hard to pronounce. Ready? Hey, daddy-o, I don't want to go. To the Frisco Miss Macho. Down in the base. Hey, daddy-o. Jello don't want to go. It's a lot of syllables. Hey, daddy O. Jello don't want to go to the Frisco Misfit Show. Uh, it's something like that, right? Does that kind of work? Yeah, we know that one. 20 guys in my bed. That's old, dude. 20 guys in my bed. 20 guys in my bed. They're all the same. Um, yeah, yeah, right. When you're seeing 22. <laughs> That's a lot of dudes. That's a lot of dudes to take care of. It's not easy. Um, uh, they should have wrecked the office slash screwed them good and basically continues four decades later. It's true, man. It's true. Um, Jello was at Gigi. Jello was at Gigi, which was much worse show to blah, blah. Jello was at Gigi, which was a much worse show to be at. He's a puff. I don't know what that means. What is a puff? I don't know. I don't understand what you're saying. Doyle El Elkabonged that MF Alex Wolfman story. Is that what is that what Alex said once? That's hilarious. Very rude. Very rude, Joan. What are you talking about? Wait, why is that? What's rude about that? Is something bad here? I, I I'm not understanding. Um, why would you want to throw a can of beer at a wall? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I always just assumed the interview was with Jerry and they just effed up and said it was Doyle that was interviewed. No, I think this was Doyle. 100% this was Doyle. It does say bassist Doyle only. Oh, so meaning that it was, it doesn't sound like Jerry talking at all. It absolutely sounds like Doyle talking. That's not if this was Jerry talking, he would have talked a mile a minute. One one billion percent. <laughs> yes, in my bed. 20 guys. Have you never heard that before? It's like it's like like such that's such like a thing. 20 guys in my bed. 20 guys in my bed. There, I don't know. I don't know where it goes from there, but <laughs> Need, needless to say, who the, the the singer is a very busy person that night. Twenty guys, twenty guys, not easy. Um, Jello used Fat Mike as a shield when Gigi started chucking poop. It's on camera on YouTube. What? Joan, Joan has anti anti homosexual vibes, is what Runner's saying. Okay. Okay, I did not know something that he said was not kosher. Um, well, we don't appreciate that, Joan. Truly, we don't. And whatever, if if more of that stuff happens, we'll just have one of the mods deal with it because 
we are friendly with everybody here and we don't want to use any sort of language that makes anybody feel bad, truly. That's the truth. So please just uh, uh, try to mind your manners and not say offensive things, truly. Um, <clears throat> Paul says, what up, Jeff? Back from the dead. Well, my soul died at least. Where, where have you been? Where have you been, Paul? I hope, you, I hope you're okay. I hope everything's okay in your life. We got crazy white boy from Baltimore. He's soft. He's your thumb. Yeah, we'll just. I didn't say anything later. Yeah, that's great. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Bye. Peace. <clears throat> we don't tolerate anti you know what stuff here we don't tolerate anti lgbtq nonsense here okay um would have been awesome if there was a 12 hits from hell version of american nightmare i mean there there is one right american nightmare is on 12 hits from hell am i yeah it's on 12 hits from hell i don't think it's any different though it it, it yeah it never ends it never of course it never ends just family problems. I'm sorry to hear that, Paul. And I hope that they all sort themselves out, whatever they may be. And it's very nice to have you in the chat. We welcome you here and happy holidays to you and your family. So. Um, oh, OK. Is that the word? The word is uh, P-U-F-F is the is the is the nasty word. I was not I am. I did not know that. I'm not familiar with that. I can I guess I can kind of figure out now that it's how it's pejorative. Um, no, it isn't. American Nightmare was only recorded in 81. Yes, that's the only. So, it, yeah, but it's not a different. It's not a different version. All right, I don't want to have a conversation about uh, hurtful words or pejorative words. If it makes other people uncomfortable, like, let's just not deal with that. I, I, I just don't even want to have that conversation. Just just drop it, man. If, if it makes people uncomfortable, don't don't say it. Just this is a place. This is a positive place where people happily discuss stuff. We we do make fun of people that either deserve it or we rib them in good fun, but we don't use pejorative language here. Okay. Bottom line. Um, the songs on Twelve Hits from Hell were all recorded in eighty. Huh. I did not realize that. Um. All right. Let's let's get back into this. So the Misfits have managed to assemble. So this is the review by the sister who was also a part of this fanzine. The Misfits have managed to assemble almost everything I dislike or avoid. Their shells are huge and muscular. The result of much He-Man efforts, their rude leather and spikes lavishly expensive their live shows deafen the ears for about 30 hours. Their daddy flies them home after every weekend. They even beat up a kid in his feeble attempt in his feeble attempt to empathize, empathize with the band. Are they referring to the kid in San Francisco? However, despite all these bad points against bad eggs, the misfits are still fun to watch. How about that? They transmit so much energy that you can't help but enjoy their shows, assuming you weren't part of the mass exodus who fled with pained eardrums. This is no horror rock as everyone claims it to be. This is just loud, fast metal 
played with subtle, danceable rhythms. I think what they really mean to say is this is pop music. Well, not at that time. In 83, it was not pop music. It was it was a wall of noise. But, you know, it's it's um, it's uh, yeah, I don't know. Kind of crazy. So it, it is horror rock. She, I, I think I think the sister is wrong here. It, it is it is horror rock. It's not fast metal, but it's just, you know, I mean, you have, you, you have a lot of you, you have a lot of, you know, m- melodic qualities to the music. It's pop, as we've as we just said, but it's good metal. Nonetheless, that's a wrong, wrong word for someone who who doesn't, I think, understand fully. But I do like their sort of I do like this description above and then like saying, despite all these things that I don't like, I still enjoyed the show because I can't help myself. Uh, But what they do conceal beneath their devilish appearance is the fact that they're really nice guys with regular jobs during the week who probably wouldn't ghoulishly, ooh, ghoulishly essay you on your first date. We're not going to say that word out loud. Assuming you would ever date a misfit. This image I am extrapolating from Doyle, the bass player who was eager to talk friendly, articulate, a good egg. Oh, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe that doesn't sound, that doesn't sound like Doyle at all. Eager to talk friendly and articulate. (laughs) Doyle's like, no, that sounds all, that all sounds like Jerry. I still don't think this was Jerry. Jerry doesn't talk like this. No, the last time we went on tour, the police down there and stole our ways to sold. I don't know. Maybe it. Maybe this isn't Doyle. Maybe this is Jerry only. No, I don't think so. I, I think I think Jerry would have been a lot more talkative. And if we're wrong, then we're wrong. Then we are wrong. Who knows? Who knows? Um. We bombarded him after the show with questions, all asked at random, hardly allowing him to answer. So it's a little jumbled and not much elaborated on. Cretan Bull, again, exceeds the limits of germinalism by the sister. Yeah, so I don't know. I guess it's a kind of a toss-up. Maybe maybe the whole twist of this episode is that it's not even a Doyle interview. It's actually Jerry only. <laughs> Surprise! It's Uncle Jerry. I did it for the kids. Ha <laughs> It's for the kids. Um, that's really friggin' funny. Uh, so maybe it is. Maybe 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 we totally messed that up. Um, Lord Stanhope says Twelve Hits from Hell is still the best Misfits album. Eleven. Is there is quote question? Is there a mis is there a uh misfits uh uh like a misfit there's a lot of misfits Christmas parody like albums out there? Is there one eleven hits from heaven that would be really, really, really funny? I think there's somebody did like all the misfit songs. They covered all the misfit songs, but like with love instead of hate, you know, that kind of thing. Um I don't know. I don't know. I, I was kind of wondering that too. I did notice you guys both have Stanhope in your name. It is. It is. It is interesting. Is is that is that for is that for real co- uh, a cover album? Because I could I could have sworn there was something about like love or that there was like a lot of like positive sort of stuff. Like the, you know how like the Beatles have an album called Love. There's also a Beatles album called Hate, and it's like a fan bootleg sort of thing. It's kind of great. 
Uh, man, I gotta, I gotta check that out. Do I have a wrench yet? I don't know. Speaking of riotstickers.com, we got riotstickers.com in the house. We already did our sponsor or sponsorship. Hope you had a great Christmas there, Sharpie Riot. You never, ever know. So everybody is thinking that it's Jerry now. 11 hits from heaven. I picture Jerry baptizing Glenn on the cover. Of course, man. Of course. It can't be Jerry. Not a single mention of the kids, right? I know every other sentence would be. We, we just do it for the kids. We, we, what we do is we go out, we play our music, we do our music, and we give it 110%. And if we're not doing it, doing it 110%, we're not going to do it at all. We asked Glenn to come back in the band. He didn't want to do it, so we soldiered on. See, what you got to do is you got to have a great product. And once you have a great product, then you can go out and you can do the shows. Then after you do the shows, you go back in the studio, you record more songs, and you do it for the kids. You do it for the kids. Um, Jody Ramon says it's missing a few. It's for the kids to be Uncle Jerry. Oh man, I you know if if people got that, if it wasn't such an in joke on this channel, I would swear I would print up shirts that say it's for the kids uh, or for the kids. But I just feel like it's too much of an inside joke for anybody to really understand. By the way, if you are just joining us for the first time or if you are enjoying the stream, please take a moment to subscribe to this channel, like this video, or leave a comment. These things are very helpful with the YouTube algorithm gods. So please do us that favor, like the channel, leave a comment, and most of all, subscribe. We need you to subscribe. Um, yeah, I don't think it, I don't think it's Doyle, man. I mean, I don't think, I, I don't, I don't think it's, uh, Jerry, but it, it does, it is very talkative for Doyle. I, I think it's, I, I don't think so. <laughs> yes, right. It was an M. Night Shyamalan twist. That's exactly what it was, man. Ravi has a wrench. I don't know what you're talking about. This, this, this wrench stuff. Static age is the best. No one can convince me otherwise. It is great. Yes, it's here on YouTube. Somebody covered somebody covered the songs, but they sang Christmas lyrics, and that's 11 hits from heaven. I'm going to listen to that as soon as I get off the stream. Robbie has a wrench. Kind of sounds like a Ramones title, too. Yes, I like it. How would that go? Robbie has a wrench. Robbie has a wrench. What are we? What to do? What to do? Robbie has a wrench. Robbie has a wrench. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Robbie has a wrench. Robbie has a wrench. Mixing some stew. Mixing some stew. Robbie has a wrench. Robbie has a wrench. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? We, gotta fit. we need more lyrics. We need more. I'm not, I'm not feeling the, I'm not uh, percolating any lyrics. Oh, the moderator wrench. That's what you're referring. Yes, yes. I've I've instilled several people who are here on a regular basis. I've turned them into moderators because sometimes we get unsavory people or unsavory uh, comments or nasty comments. And so uh, we can just have one of the mods uh, take care of it. So, yes, that that is that is what the the wrench. That's what the wrench thing is, is all about.
Robbie has a wrench. Robbie has a wrench. What we gonna do? What we gonna do? Robbie has a wrench. Robbie has a wrench. Let's mix some stew. Let's, I, I gotta tell you, I think Paul Seacrest came up with the best uh, Jello is a jerk lyrics, though. I gotta go back up and find it. It was really, that was substantial. It was, uh, what up, Jeff? Back from the, oh God, where was it? Where was it? Oh, we got to find that. Where's the, okay. First, first and foremost, let's find that footage real quick. Okay. This is, this is over. We've done, we've done that. We're wrapping up the show here, but before we do, let's see if we can find Gigi Allen. What is it? It's Gigi Allen used fat Mike as a shield. That's amazing. Okay. Uh, Jello. Afra. Uh, Gigi Allen. Let's see what this pulls up. LB Afro Gigi Allen. Let's see if anything comes up. Here it is. This is at this is at a gig backstage in San Francisco. I don't know if it's going to show uh, the fecalation. The fecalation. Let's see if the fecalation happens here. Hold on. Gotta <clears throat> give me one second while I set this up. Jello has a wrench. Robbie has a wrench. What we gonna do? Robbie has a wrench. Going to the zoo. Robbie has a Robbie has a wrench. What we gonna do? Robbie has a wrench. He's going to the zoo. Robbie have a wrench. Robbie, Robbie, Robbie have a wrench. Robbie, Robbie, Robbie have a wrench. And here it is. Here it is. I love this so much. Hey, Daddy-O. Jello don't want to go to the Frisfits. Make the Frisfits. <laughs> I'm losing my mind here tonight. I'm losing. Hold on. I'm screenshotting this so I can remember it. Uh, this is. I'm just going to. Screenshot. Okay. Now let's 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 play this. Let's check this out. I, I, I did not know about this. Oh. Now we can start. Look who's finally showed up. Eric, where have, everybody's coming out of nowhere, man. Every yes, fecal instead of myrtillation in um hate breeders, we you, you just replace that with the word fecalation. You breathe the fecalation right in your head. Hold on one second. All right. Is there any music in this clip? I'm gonna share it. Hopefully, this doesn't mess up. Where is it? Come on. It's my computer, Dora, just slowing the hell down. There it is. There she is. Okay, so this is from the Church Church of Rock. Thank you, Church of Rock. Um, the Jello and Gigi Orgy. Yeah, yeah. The Jello and Gigi Orgy. Jello is disgusted. You want to relive that shot? Yeah, do it again. One more time. One more time in the video. Here. Put your pants off this time. Oh, come on. Never. Look at all they dream. Look at all they dream. Look at all they dream. Oh, my God. Nothing happens. What is he doing? Oh. Well, that was very uneventful. Nothing happened. 
runners that. How often do I think about my poop? I I think about my poop quite often. This is an advertisement for Zupu. <clears throat> I thought Jello was PC. How could he be cool with Gigi? I don't know, man. I, I don't know. Yeah, Gigi is not my really my cup of tea. I'm not a big Gigi guy at all. Um, I do like the Jabbers material. That first album always was, is, and shall be when Gigi Allen is legitimately trying to be a singer. This actually has some really catchy tunes. It kind of sounds like... Uh, it's very rudimentary uh, with a lot of uh, guitar, guitar frills. It's actually there's actually some catchy songs in there, but everything that's come after that, every single thing, bite it, you scum, all that stuff, garbage for me, except for one track. There's an acoustic track called Carmelita. Carmelita, Carmelita is a really good track. But other than that, yeah, not not a not a Gigi guy at all. I saw an interview with Fat Mike. He said he stood behind Jello when the poo flew. <laughs> poo flew. Oh my God. There's been a lot of really great sort of um been a lot of really great uh songwriting potential here in this episode. And I just can't think of any lyrics off the top of my head. Yeah, the jabbers, the, the jabbers are 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 awesome. And I did not know that. Oh, so Carmelita is a cover. No wonder I like it so much. Cause I was like, you know, it's a very deep song for someone like G. Allen to write. Um, I'm glad Gigi is dead so I can listen to his music without actually supporting him. Oof. Yeah, he is very dead. That is true. Uh, Gigi and the Jabbers was a perfect pop punker rock and roll band. Everything else is not. Yeah, I'm telling you, 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 you don't uh, listen. I respect anybody who is not down with Gigi Allen. Like I said, I am not down with Gigi Allen myself. However, before he became the scum, the scum lord that he was when he was legitimately trying to make like like actual music. That album is a good album. Like it can't be denied. Uh, Cherry Love Affair, um, Automatic, uh, Girls Also Unbelievable. And talk about an album that that is just so fast. Uh, I think there's another song, Automatic. Everything you do is the same, same, same. Over and over, it's like a game, game, game. Think you're Miss High Society. Wowee. The F and all the a-holes that you meet. Wowee. Yeah, it's a great, that is a great song. Big fan of that. Big fan of that song. And of course it has Don't Talk to Me, which is, I guess, considered to be a Gigi Allen classic. But it's kind of like, for me, it's not, oh, I'm so bored of it. I'm just so sick of the human race. I'm so bored to death. I'm so sick of school. The dust so sick of that golden rule. That that's a great that is a great great track too. So if you listen to Always Was Is and Shall Be, that you you can't go wrong with that album. It's it's very it's a very quick album. That album is very uh, 2007 for me. That was list that was like kind of the soundtrack of my 2007. One of one of the one of the soundtracks. Um, I don't think I've ever heard that one. When I die, Gigi was also a fan of Roki Erickson. Hmm. We okay. Droid says we opened for the murder junkies a couple years back. They were surprisingly super tight. 
I had a blast. <laughs> Tell me, uh, did uh, did Dino Sex uh, shove a bunch of drumsticks up his butt? He's really into doing that. I saw it in a documentary. And then he likes to give them out to fans. So fans have poo-covered drumsticks in their hands, which is definitely a very um, uh, memorable souvenir to take home with you. Um, but yeah, that guy, Dino, he is a he's a weird looking dude. Weird looking dude. Odd duck. An odd duck, to say the least. Um, what else? What else do we have here? Um, I remember. Oh, sorry, hold on. We'll get to that in a second. We open for them. I, I am. I will say this. I am not a fan of Merle Allen at all. I really, really do not like er, Merle. I don't like the music that the new new Murder Junkies write either. I'm not a fan. Not a fan of that stuff. They have some. Some some just just some lame songs. I'm sure it was fun to play with them live. Fine, don't want to take that away from you. But yeah, not not a fan of, not a fan of those guys. On the command bowel movement, the on command bowel movement always impressed me. He made shit, sand shit, and most importantly, threw such loyal fans. <laughs> yeah, but he didn't. He couldn't. It wasn't on command. He used. He used laxatives, dude. I mean, like, yeah, like it's like it, it's it's out there. It's definitely crazy. But like you just you just I don't know. I'm not. I personally I, I personally think it's kind of like the lowest common denominator, you know, like Iggy Pop. Everything that Iggy did, he did because he felt it in the moment. Like Iggy's standing, balancing self, ba- balancing himself on a table on Max at Max's Kansas City and just decides to slash his chest with a with a beer broken beer bottle and you know does like a like a back like like you know flexes his back and it causes the seam that he's created to like sort of open you know open up and bleed literally and 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 bleed he bleeds everywhere that kind of thing and then like everything that Gigi Allen does he's doing it it's all calculated what it feels like it feels like Everything that Gigi does is calculated while a guy like Iggy Pop, like he's so in the moment, he's so possessed by the spirit of rock and roll that the things he does are just a byproduct of his possession. And Gigi Allen's like, just, you know, it's just like a a shock. It's just all shock. It's just all like, you know, his music is not very good. I don't think the music is very good. I don't think he's a very good songwriter apart from the Jabber stuff. I I really want to separate that Jabber's, phenomenal everything else nothing not there's not a single song that has ever that i've ever appreciated Gigi allen after that 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 album so alex asked me why why don't you like Gigi allen i just answered that question i think pretty well and i didn't just say he sucks i didn't just say i don't like him i gave very legitimate reasons like i said i just think he's calculating I think it's all like just sort of lowest common denominator, low hanging fruit that he does. It's there's nothing like it's like his personality is that he's shocking. Like like Iggy Pop's personality is not that he's shocking at all. The shock stuff is all a byproduct of who he is. And that's the big difference. And that's why I think and it's it's a I think it's a ginormous. I think it's a ginormous difference at that. So. I don't know. It's just me. That that's just my two cents on it. You know, that's just my two two cents on everything. 
Robbie says, Steve mentioned online that Gigi used to call Glenn's house to, oh, yes, yes, that the, uh, the, there almost could have been some Gigi Allen, Sam Hain shows. Um, oh, that it would have been the Jabbers era. Yeah, that would have been insane. I didn't know he was doing the Jabbers as late as 84. Huh. I mean, that would have been trippy. I mean, Gigi Allen did like re do rehearsals with him and Didi Ramon were going to be in a band at one time. Could you imagine Didi Ramon and Gigi Allen? Didi and Gigi? It's perfect, right? Um, Here we go. Uh, Grim actually saw Gigi twice in Austin, and it was something else. What do you remember? What do you remember from that show? Out of curiosity. Uh, I mean, just like any anything particularly notable or crazy. Um. There are songs of his that I like where he says there are songs of his that I like where he says things I'm absolutely not okay with. Interesting. Alex thinks that he's super awesome. You are absolutely entitled to your opinion. If you think he's super awesome, I don't agree with you, but you know, it's not, uh, I don't know. Not, not my, not my cup of tea. GG opening for Glenn fecal matter from one van horse blood from the other. Not a pretty sight. Yep. You got the, you got the, uh, the poop and the blood down. You just need the, uh, the, the, the jism and, and you're all set. Merle looks stupid with his stupid hat and stupid mustache. I agree, man. I, I exactly. That's exactly right. I just think I don't like, he has like a long, he, he basically had like a Hitler stash that he like, it like grew it into like a dreadlock. He wrote some song called, I don't know. I just, I'm not a fan, not a fan of Merle at all. You got to mention the hair metal era of Gigi live fast. I thought, yeah, dude, that, that was, that is a trip. And there's video of him like that. Cavity club cops took Gigi away in an ambulance, pepper spray everywhere. Yikes. Yikes. Indeed. Die when you die is a good song. Actually, I think that's not a. I've heard that song. It's okay. It's okay. It doesn't hold a candle to always is, was, and shall be though. That's that's the real stuff. I remember Marilyn Manson breaking a beer bottle. This is uh, who's saying this? Don't piss off raccoons. I remember Marilyn Manson breaking a beer bottle on his chest while arguing with a fan. Like imagine being so pissed at someone you're most likely never meet again and scarring your body. Except that, like, Gigi, except that, like, Iggy Pop would do that. But, like, he did it. Like, it was just, it was all about, like, like, Iggy Pop would get possessed, dude. He, that dude gets possessed when he is on the stage. And while I never saw it back then, I saw, I've seen Iggy Pop live three times. And I've seen him, I he loses his mind. He legitimately loses his mind in what he's doing. He gets possessed by the music. And I just feel like it's not. I just feel like that's just not the same. All these, all these guys are just, just imit just pale imitations, you know, cavity club had to have been 91, 92. I remember hearing about the show wasn't there, but people still talk about it. Isn't that interesting how that happens? Shows are so legendary and mytho mythological, mythological that there's people are still talking about them, you know, um, <laughs> I can't keep up with these comments, you guys. We haven't had one of these shows where we can't keep up with the comments in a long time. John of Doom agrees. Silly, stupid songs. I just picture Iggy Pop rubbing Jif peanut butter all over his stomach and arms while contorting his body like the girl. I mean, that's kind of what he does. 
that video supposedly supposedly was Steve Bader's who handed him that peanut butter. Who knows if that's actually true? Steve Bader's from the Dead Boys. Uh, Dee Dee was in the Murder Junkies for a short time while sober. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't know it was the Murder Junkies, but I knew that Dee Dee and Gigi were playing together at some point, and he was just not. He was just not into it. Um, okay. True story. If you go on my IMDb, I am actually credited as Dee Dee Allen. Uh, for a, I, I acted in a short film, and my character's name was Dee Dee Allen, and you will find that on my imdb.com page. So Jody Jody Ramon here says uh, Dee Dee Allen featuring Gigi Ramon. Dee Dee Allen, indeed. Runners Dials Runners Dial Zero says without Gigi Allen, there would be no uh, AC. I'm not even going to say those two words together because I will just demonetize my my. <laughs> my video 100 percent on where uh come on where will we be without those bands i i i don't think there is a band i have more contempt for than the ac band that you have just mentioned here i have even more contempt for them than gg allen i really really don't like that band like a lot don't like that band when we played with them eric says eric says when we played with them i wouldn't even look in their direction f those guys exactly um, John says a buddy of mine still has Merle's amp in his apartment. Yeah, I'm not a, really don't not a fan of Earl Merle. Merle. Imagine if Glenn had turned to pooping live his whole career would have tanked. Yeah, yeah. Truthfully, Robbie says. Truthfully, I don't find the later GG era amusing. It's sad. A very lonely man, riddled with mental illness, exacerbated by drugs. People encouraged. This ill man over the edge. Yeah, and he was, you know, he he was not a very unstable, very unstable human being. Marilyn Manson is the major label version of Gigi Allen. Gigi meets Alice Cooper. Now he's all that plus R. Kelly. Yep, sure is. Sure is. And he's getting his just just rewards as well. Encouraged by rewarding his self-destructive behavior. Great. If you haven't seen the uh, hated by uh, what's his face, the guy who did the um, he did. He did. I think he did old school and he did the hangover films. Uh, he did a documentary about Gigi Allen called hated. It was first picture out of college. Check that out for sure. Dee Dee Allen is a tribute band fronted by a porn actress, Nat- Nadia White. I did not know that. I did not know that. Die when you die is absolutely misanthropic, shocking, but hold some truth. Die when you die when you're going to die. The inescapable truth. Hmm. Right. Todd Phillips. That's the name. That is the name. If you think AC is bad, what about the band? I mean, that name that you just stated is it's just shock value. That's not why I I don't like AC, though. I don't like AC because I just think their song titles are stupid. I think their song titles are tasteless, stupid, and horrible, and I'm glad that they don't make music anymore. And I'm sorry to hear that you played. (laughs) Now, that's the name of a band, Whole Shot. I like that. I mean, have a little creativity. Like, don't just don't just call your band AC. At least, you know, if you call your band Whole Shot, that like that's that's more that's more imaginative. I like it. I I like it. Hangovers. Yeah, he did the Joker too. 
Todd Phillips. Thank you, everybody. Thank you kindly. Thank you kindly. Well, this was a fun episode. I did not expect it to evolve into a Gigi Allen episode. How do we even get on the topic of Gigi Allen? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how these things happen, but I hope you guys had fun tonight. This is our last episode for the year, by the way. Next, I'll see you guys next year. How about that? Girl, is everything you say to do to me? Don't you play it with me emotionally? It's a good song, man. That's that's a good song. What's up, Zach Guest? He says, last time I saw Doyle, I got him to sign my original Misfits jersey poster that Glenn and Jerry signed. That's awesome, man. Congrats. Thank you. Happy New Year to you all. Happy New Year's, everybody. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for making this such a... This has been a year of growth, truly. We've, we've grown on the channel, and I hope that we do more things. We're going to do another Devil Lock pageant. We'll be coming up for sure. Definitely going to have to do that. And just trying to think of fun, new, creative things we can do here on the channel. Um, I really love the, the community that we have formed. It's a tiny, teeny, tiny community, but it's a community nonetheless. And we all love get on here and we have a good, good chat live while we discuss, discuss various topics. And I've never had so much fun talking in my life. Truly, I never, if you had asked, if you had told me two years ago that, you know, this would be a thing that like, we would just be talking like this on the internet all the time. I would have, I just, it's weird. It's weird. And it all started because of COVID. It all started because of, uh, you know, um, just sort of wanting an outlet. And it's just turned into this. I guess you could say it's been a very positive force in my life. You know, this has been a very good outlet. So um, trying to think of what else. What else do I have to say? Is there anything else I have to say? I was just trying to, you know, sum up the year superlatively. Um, anything else? What else do we have to say? Nothing? Anything? <laughs> yes, I do have eyeballs. You know what's funny? Someone was like, hey, why do you, um, why, why do you, uh, you, you never wear sunglasses in the car, but you, you don't wear sunglasses in the car when it's like bright outside, but you wear sunglasses in your dark basement at night. Weird thing. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. Um, listen, everybody, I'm going to, I'm going to play us out with the, with the, with the Patreon song. That's how we do it. Tune in tomorrow night. We're going to be talking some film noir. Like I said, check it out. Um, freaking, uh, we're going to be talking about Nightmare Alley. Okay. So check that out. Had a great time. Wonderful. As we say here on the channel, peace and no, it's peace and hair grease. And do you guys know about the Patreon? I'm sure you do. So I talk about it nonstop. Don't forget, subscribe. Have you subscribed to the channel? You got to subscribe to the channel. It's very important. Subscribe to the channel. Bye. Hey guys, what's going on? It's Jeff. So I've decided to make 
a Patreon. What is Patreon? I don't know how to define a Patreon. Let me look it up. Patreon is a membership platform that makes it very easy for creators to get paid for the things that they're already creating. I want to do it full-time. I want this to be my full-time job. In my efforts to make that happen, I've set up this platform. Is it going to work? Is it gonna be successful? I don't know, but I would rather try and crash and burn than not try at all. The goal is to create enough passive revenue so that I can continue to do this full-time, uninterrupted. Why? Because I love to do this. I love creating content. I love making videos. I love shooting films. I love doing podcasts. In case you couldn't tell, I love to talk and I never shut the fuck up. <laughs> so right now I've kept the Patreon incredibly simple. There's two tiers and that may change in the future. The Murdergram is a simple way to extend support for all of the hours and hours of free content on the channel for nothing more than a dollar. 38 cents goes to Patreon. What's a buck 38, eh? It's less than a cup of coffee. But it's a great way that you can show support for very little effort. When you divide that dollar 38 by the hours and hours and hours of time spent listening to this endless drivel of content, the dollar cost average works out. Next up is the YouTube casualty for $6.66. The YouTube casualty is loaded to the gills. Enjoy the archive ad-free as well as ad-free early access to special docu-style podcast videos, music reaction commentaries, and the like a month before they drop on YouTube, loaded with ads, I might add. You're also going to get exclusive content and behind the scenes content that is not available on YouTube or anywhere else. So you get to peek behind the veil. And believe me, there's a couple of choice pieces. Most of all, more than anything, whether you join the Patreon or not, I just wanna thank each and every one of you that comes to the channel, that watches all the shows, that leaves comments, that participates, that subscribes, that's really the most important thing. This is just trying to find a way to earn a living as an artist. And with that, thank you for my TED Talk. Join the Patreon, because we need you! 66 cents. Make it for Lola! 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 Make it for Lola.